everybody, and welcome to a brand spanking new episode of FanRag Sports Premier League Podcast. I'm Sebastian Oren. With me, as usual, I want to say as always, but you missed a couple. Polly Quistel. You've all missed a couple. Yeah. I mean... That's true. We are we're, without we're series. We are series regulars. Yes, we are uh, without Elliot today. He got some stuff coming up, so he was unable to make it. So you're stuck with me and Polly. Uh, we'll try not to focus too much on Manchester United. Although I do suspect that when we get to their game, we'll have a lot to say. So it's been a long week. It um, has been. It's been a really long week. I am exhausted, and I'm 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 being totally honest right now. You literally said I I think we're gonna have a lot to say, and I just went all right. I know we played Crystal Palace, and I was just went, what the hell happened in that game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're, yeah, we're coming off some midweek action here, which was it was nice to have some games watching midweek actually. Um... Like we actually we played in the last six days. When did we play? We played Everton on Sunday, right? Not Everton. We didn't even play Everton. We played somebody on Sunday. Um, yeah. We won twice in like six days, and mm-hmm. I can't remember either of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, we played Tottenham. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now I remember. They headed, uh, Dembele headed that ball wide, or Wanyama. There we go. Okay. So we'll, we'll kick things off here with the early game on Saturday. We're going to touch a couple of games here, but we'll start early Saturday. Crystal Palace taking on mighty Chelsea. Ten wins in a row. Best ever run for them in the Premier League era, I believe. Yeah, it is. Ten wins in a row in a single season. I know that they went ten straight wins, but then that, or if it was nine, but then it was, you know, across two seasons. So Not only that, though, they're only losses this year have come against Liverpool and Arsenal. Mm-hmm. So like, that's nothing to be that ashamed of. No, this... I mean, granted both those teams like spanked them, but they, it, you know, the only blemish on their record is a draw against Swansea mm-hmm. who seemed to have their number recently. Swansea drew them last year also. Yep. Yeah. 13 wins, one draw and two losses. They sit at the top of the table with 40 points six points ahead of our Liverpool and Arsenal and seven points ahead of Manchester city. Uh, if we s- go way down in the table, we find crystal palace in six- 16th place, uh, coming off that two to one loss to Manchester United. Before that, they had a three, three draw against Hull, And prior to that, a three, nothing win over Southampton when they actually looked pretty good. So, I mean, looking at their game against United, you know, it was a tough loss for them, letting in a late goal. I think United deserved the win, uh, but they they will feel yeah. I mean, a less, bit hard uh, Chris Palace didn't exactly threaten except for that one. Their goal, mm-hmm. um, that their goal was awesome. Yeah, it was it was a product. You can't even get mad at United for it. It was a product of beautiful passing. Uh, and a good finish, and they got it. But after that, it was just, again, United on the door, just with all of the ball. And, they, yeah, uh, they were unlucky to get to get a loss be- just simply because it was, like, the first time United actually finished off, like, their chances mm-hmm. and actually capitalized on all the chances that they, that they got. Yeah, so looking at Palace's home record, 
Um, they are n not very good at home. Wow. Two wins in eight games. I'm a little bit surprised by that. But here's the thing. Chelsea's won 10 in a row. Crystal Palace aren't that good. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're better than they were last year, but that's, you know, that they didn't set the bar that high. Chelsea in this game, when I looked at it earlier today, and I'm going to pull it back up now, Chelsea, their odds were minus 175, which is for a, a game as lopsided as this one, those are fantastic odds. Um, okay, so since I don't do that type of right, I'm, I can't. I know I, I, I struggle with the minuses to try to put this like, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, to your the, terms, the decimals. I actually, oh, we could do decimals. Here we go. Yeah, because that's usually what we do in Europe. Okay, so Chelsea 1. is one point five seven. Okay, I got one point one point five eight on the site that I'm looking at. So Crystal I mean, Palace is only plus four fifty, which is like four to one odds, which mm -hmm. you know is five point five. Yeah. 5.50 for you. Mm -hmm. To put this into perspective, Tottenham at home to Burnley is, you know, probably just as much of a sure thing as Chelsea beating Crystal Palace. Yeah. Tottenham are minus 500 at Burnley or plus 1250 to get that, to get the win. Mm -hmm. So 12 to one odds on Burnley, only four and a half to one odds on Crystal Palace. And Ch like, well, this is one of those situations where it's like Vegas knows something. Well, I, well, they know that Burnley has them. Won a game and on the road yet? Forget about the Burnley. That was just that okay. was just a reference. Okay. This is like why are Chelsea not better? Like why do Chelsea not have better odds? Like Liverpool last week when they were away to whoever they were away with, their mm -hmm. odds were like minus three hundred still. Yeah. Uh, I mean, could it be the fact that it's a London derby? Could that have some effect on it? No, no? probably not. Like, I mean, let's have, have Crystal Palace versus Chelsea, like. Yeah, it's not that the most high. It's not the it's not the most high profile London derby. But that's like, for sure. have they had success? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know the their head to head the last couple of years here. You can probably pull that up quite easily though. Let's see. Last season, uh, Chelsea won on the road three nothing. Crystal Palace won at Stamford Bridge oh, two right. one. Yeah, but that was during the Jose Mourinho era. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't really know. I mean, I would, I wouldn't bet a house on Chelsea winning, but I would consider putting down Major Mula. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yes. Let me find Chelsea in this in this uh, table. They have. Are Chelsea not in this table? No. So let's find them. By oh, where do I? I just want to. I just want to see Chelsea. And they're not coming up. Oh well, there, here we go. I just it's this is just it's something something seems fishy here that we're not getting that it that Vegas is not giving is giving you like it's almost like they're baiting you into picking Chelsea. All right. Uh, Crystal Palace has played Chelsea 20 times. They've won three. They've drawn five. They've lost 12. Okay. So I don't think the fact that it's a London derby is playing into this. 
Yeah, I have no idea. Because, I mean, it's not like they they are facing a bunch of injuries. And Chelsea's playing for the league title in this game. They win this game, they win the league. Oh, that's... No, you know... When's I'm... their next game after this one? You know what to, to do. You don't call it before Christmas. Okay. All right. Okay. You're right about yeah. that. What? After this game, when did the team's next play? I don't know. Not until after Christmas. Uh. So if Chelsea win this game, and even if they lose this game, but if they win this game, they're top of the league at Christmas, which six out of the seven, out of the past seven years, the team that's been top of the table at Christmas has gone on to win. Mm. Mm, yeah, no, it would put them in a great position. And I don't really, I don't really see anything speaking for Palace even grabbing a point in this, but... Um... Yeah, I don't know. We'll see if the odds maker makers know something we don't. Um, it kind of scares me. Yeah. Uh, we'll see when we get to our predictions, but I'm I'm leaning heavy Chelsea. Stoke are um, taking on Leicester at home. And, um, yeah, coming off a scoreless draw against Southampton at home. They, they ruined my parlay. Oh, they did. And you know what? Leicester ruined my other parlay. I'm mad at both these teams. Okay. Last week. I mean, Leicester just, they, they showed up and laid a big giant goose egg against Bournemouth. They yes. showed up and they sucked. Yeah. Uh, Leicester also super poor on the road. Oh my God. They have one point. Yeah. They have one point in eight games. But the problem is, is that, see, what do we say going into the last game? Um, when we were picking, when we were debating picking Southampton, it was like, well, if you can't, you know, this is the rainy night in Stoke thing. This is the time that, you know, where Stoke, you can't go to Stoke and get a win. Well, not even Stoke can get it done on a rainy night in Stoke anymore. I mean, I was right on the money on that one. I predicted a scoreless draw, and it was a scoreless draw. So, yay for me. Right, but but here's the thing: we could still, like, we're almost halfway into the season, and we could still count the times that you've been right on the money on one hand. No, I've had more than five correct. I had two correct score lands. <laughs> not mid-week. much. Not much, though. There we go. I had Crystal Palace against United. Thanks, Latan, And then Stoke against Southampton. So that's always something. I'm almost at 100 points. Yay. <laughs> so, yeah, but let's get back to it, though. Leicester, um, do you think they can put on sort of a performance as they did against Manchester City on the road? I mean, sure. why, why have they been they so? Why have of they been so they poor on the road? I don't know. I I don't get well. Um, just outside of the friendly confines of the King Power. Let's not forget they weren't. They were not the best team in the world away from home last year. They just didn't lose. Mm-hmm. You know, last year their title winning team was was the whole like win at home, don't lose on the road. And that's so. I mean, they were the they had the most win on the road. They had eleven wins in nineteen Did games. They? Yeah, yeah, they went they went eleven six and two on the road. I forget what I just said. And then they went twelve six and one at home. I mean, I I, I genuinely I don't know. I mean, at this point, like I don't know anything about about Leicester. They are certainly capable of going out there and playing like they did against Manchester City. They are also certainly capable of going out there and playing like they did against Bournemouth. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's a it's a weird one. If if we look at Stoke though, at home they are. Uh, they got three. They've been good recently. Three wins, good. two draws, and three losses. They they should have beaten Southampton last week. Going down to ten men like five minutes into the game yeah. didn't help. No, of course not. Yeah, we'll see if the, if they can play better with and hopefully stay eleven men on the field. Um, I mean, I get I give them a good shot against Leicester, I mean, especially since they've been so poor on the road. Yeah. Um, although I feel like because ahead of the Man City game, Ranieri went out and he he's like, I need a performance here, guys, and they stepped up. And now he's done the same thing here prior to this game. He's like, okay, guys, I need a performance on the road here. So we'll see if if he can work that Italian magic. Um, right, but how many times can you do that before it starts to fall on deaf ears? True, true, very true. Yeah, it's just mind-boggling, really, how they've been so, so poor on the road, seeing that they were so incredibly good last season. I know it's you can't really compare... Leicester last season to Leicester this season, seeing that that was just a one-time fluke. All I mean, all stars aligned for Leicester last season. But let's and, do it anyway. No, and I mean, no, and I mean, we we spoke about this too. Without N'Golo Kante, they are a much weaker team. Yeah. So. And they didn't have Danny Drinkwater. Yeah. The last two games, but they didn't have him against City either. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then the late game, that's West Bromwich Albion. Taking on Manchester United at the Hawthorns. United, like we said earlier, coming off a 2-1 win against Crystal Palace. Paul Pogba and Slatan Ibrahimovic with the goals. First goal. And the assist. Yeah, first goal was Ibrahimovic to Pogba. Second goal was Pogba to Slatan. That was a great breast by Ibrahimovic. Oh, yeah. And a little bit of uh, arm or hand. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> do what you have to. Hey, at least they got one with them, right? Because, I mean, they had a goal wrongly called off for offside. Uh, was it wrongly? I, yeah, it was wrongly. Yeah, let's say it was wrong. I say it was wrong, but I did see, like, a tweet from Howard Webb where he kind of, like, showed the picture, and he's like, if you could see half of Juan Mata's foot is offside, and he goes, so technically the goal is offside. Oh, okay. And, like, let's be honest. Howard Webb is pretty much just as much of a former United player as someone like Paul Scholes is. <laughs> yeah, they've they've had some, I'm going to air quote here, luck when Webb has been the referee for them. Yeah, so. Yeah. I'll, you know, you, you, it's a, you, you get some, uh, some go your way and some some don't go your way. Yeah. It's, it's probably the best way to describe it. You know what? I'll describe it this way. Last week, the... Um, the Rangers played the Blackhawks last week, and they won one nothing in overtime. In like the third period, Marion Hossa scored a goal that the Rangers challenged because like three minutes beforehand, uh, they said the Blackhawks came into the zone offside, and yeah. and it was like so close, and it was like all right, it's offside, but like it probably really isn't offside. And I said, look, if the Rangers win. You know, if they get home ice in a playoff series by one point even, it's like then when, when this happens in the playoffs, because it's inevitably going to happen in the playoffs and it's going to happen against the Rangers, it's like you kind of just can't complain. You have to just be like, all right, like, you know what? Sometimes it goes for us. Sometimes it goes against us. Yeah. So United unbeaten in seven straight now in the league. They got three wins and four draws. 
They're three points behind Spurs. They're six points behind City. Also, and my friends will not let you forget this, uh, they are unbeaten since they got me that special one jersey. Ooh. Which I've had to wear every single game now because they just don't lose. No. I, I feel for you. I really, <laughs> I really do. But, I mean, are, are we seeing sort of the players coming together and showing their quality despite Mourinho doing his best to try and screw up the tactics? Uh, I don't think you could say that because they're unbeaten. But again, and they should they should be, you know, they should be at an 100% record almost. Like, okay, cool. You didn't lose to Arsenal, but like you got a 1-1 draw that you should have won mm -hmm. because you dominated that game and you couldn't score. And you didn't, okay, cool. You didn't lose to Burnley. Like, you know. No, I'm, I'm more speaking about these two last wins because I got the two wins in a row over Spurs and Palace. But again, it's it's uh, like Spurs. You what's what's been happening in all these games is United have been getting chance after chance after chance after chance, and they put in one goal, and then the other team gets one chance. You know, against West Ham, it was De Gea spills that ball out. Um, Spurs got their chance; they just missed it. So you know that Spurs game at the end of the day probably should have gone 1-1 also yeah. and everybody will say well United deserve to win it they pelted them with shots it's like yeah they they pelt everybody with these shots that they take not great shots but they make them look nice you know like a, a sweet half volley here or mm -hmm. a bullet off of Pogba's foot or off of Zlatan's foot from outside the box that but you know they go straight into the goalkeeper's chest yeah. so like oh he made really good contact and that shot came off his foot and it looked really good but it wasn't really a good scoring chance. And that keeps happening game after game. And then the other team gets one chance. They score a goal and everybody splits the points. Same thing happening in Spurs. Spurs just missed their chance. Mm. And Crystal Palace got their one chance. They buried it. And this time it was just for once United didn't screw up. Mm. You know, they, they got one of one of their other chances. They finished and they managed to put two two goals in. Yeah, I mean, and, that, that that second goal, though, I mean, I, we were texting throughout the game, and, I mean, that second goal, that's more of what we need to see from this team. It's exactly what we need to see, and I, I sent you I sent you a, a, a stat earlier in the week that it was just that nobody has missed more, like, simple chances or something in the league this mm -hmm. year than, than Zlatan, and, you know, like, that's, that's something that needs to be fixed. And in this game, he got that chance and he finished it. And yep. good. And, you know, like right now he's on fantastic form. The guy, he has like 14 goals this year already, which is fantastic. Um, and he's playing fantastic football right now. Mourinho said this morning, we can't drop him from the team right now. He's undroppable and he's not wrong. Like, you know, I, and, and as I said to, as I said, Kaseb, you think that I hate him. I just didn't like his arrogance when he joined the team. It was, you know, prove you can do something first before you start acting like you own the town. And he's now starting to back up his play. And he, mm -hmm. and, and to his credit, even when he was struggling, he did not act arrogant. Yeah. No. No, he's, he's a character. Not, every, a character. not everybody likes that. I love the character that. of him. I love the character of him, but, you know, I, I didn't sign you to be a character, I signed you to score goals and I will gladly take the character of you along with the goals, but 
the goals have to be there. Mm. Yeah, currently he sits on nine league goals, which is good for fourth in the scoring race right now. Uh, Diego Costa and Alexis Sanchez are at the top with 12 goals each, and then Sergio Aguero is third with 10 goals. His suspensions are really screwing with your prediction. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, that and the fact that, you know, since September, they decided to stop, like, playing pep ball. Mm-hmm. Pep ball. Yeah, uh, let's let's touch upon Watford, too. We can't forget about them. They sit in seventh place, four points behind United. They have three wins in their last five games. They're coming off a 3-1 to one victory over Swansea. Uh, Salomon Rondon with a hat-trick in that one. So, I mean, this is not a game to take lightly. Are we talking about Watford or West Brom? West Brom. Did I say I Watford? Yes. Right. I thought we were like changing tactics. Oh, no, no, this is definitely not a game yeah. to take lightly. West Brom have been good, and this is exactly the kind of game that United are going to struggle in because they're going to muck it up. Um, and 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 it's not going to they're not going to muck things up as a response to United. This is something that you know that they're going to do um, going into the game. So it's one of those situations where it's like Swansea where Mourinho might be like, well, they're, they're going to sit back and, you know, and just try to tackle us all game and do this and that. So maybe pace isn't what we want. You know, maybe we need to counter that with some midfield grit. And this is the kind of game where all of a sudden it's like, you're wondering why uh, Carrick and Fellaini are starting together yeah, out there and why like Rooney's in the team and there's no Martial and no Lingard and, yeah, this is the game that's that's like asking Jose Mourinho to get his tactics wrong. Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid that Fellini is going to make an appearance in this one. Yeah, I mean... But at the same time, I, I feel like... Fellini played 30 seconds in the last two games. United have two wins. Yeah. It's funny how things like that happen. But if you look at it, though, if, if you look at the lineup that West Brom had against Swansea... You had at the back, you had Neom. He's not a big player. You got McCauley and Olsen as the central pairing. Yeah, those are two good threats on set pieces. You have Chris Brunt. Big big players isn't the thing. Jose Mourinho has said over and over again, like, I've put Fellaini out there because, oh, I wanted to counter their height. And yeah. and because uh, they were launching balls into the box and I needed some height in there. And there's no statistical metric that backs it up. It's, no. it's you put him in there for height and he didn't win a header. Yep. Yeah, I mean, the big threat is really Rondon. Yeah. And, I mean, and when are referees going to start sending off Marcos Rojo for the two-footed tackles? That was not a pretty one. Well, he's done it twice in, he's done it twice in a week now. Yeah. No red cards, though. Oh, well, that's always something. Yeah, West Brom, they have three straight wins at home. They beat Swansea, they beat Watford, and they beat Burnley with a combined scoreline of 10-2. Yeah, it's not an easy game. Sorry, Jose. It's not. Mm -hmm. It should be fun. We move over to Sunday. And we got Manchester City taking on Arsenal at the Etihad. A very important game. Uh, towards the top end of the table. Because if City loses this one, I mean, they're still, you know, depending on what Tottenham does, they're still in top four. 
Tottenham playing Burnley at home. Okay. So they'll drop down to fifth if they lose. Um, but when are Arsenal going to start Arsenaling? Well, I mean, they did. They they, lost they, yeah, they lost Everton. <laughs> so I was like, well, they kind of, they might have started that already. So, I mean, this this is a huge game, though. How do you see this one playing out? Ah. Uh. It's not easy to predict. It's it it's these are these are two teams that are almost impossible to predict because Manchester City, you never know what you're going to get with them, mm-hmm. and Arsenal, it's like, well, when is that run going to come back into their face? Yeah. But I, I I'm just wondering here because you got two very stubborn managers here. Guardiola is oh, never. Here's the question. Here's yeah. the question because City are so up, they're so down. You never know what you're going to get out of them. Are Manchester City a good enough team? That um, are Manchester City a good Jesus Christ Ventura Alvarado? I'm sorry, I'm sidetracked here. I'm, I I just put on the uh, Real Madrid versus Club America mm-hmm. game uh, in the Club World Cup, and yes. and Ventura Alvarado is starting in a Club World Cup game. Mm-hmm. Like Ventura Alvarado is starting against Real Madrid, and MLS teams can't even beat. The Liga MX teams, and they want to say, "Oh, we're a good league." Like, all right, there's my mini MLS rant. Yep. Um, are Manchester City a good enough team that Arsene Wenger is going to employ what he usually does against good teams in the "let's try to beat them without taking a shot on target" tactic? Mm. Well, could be. I mean, City—they're gonna—they are gonna... the away team. Yeah, I mean, City, they're going to play their game. That's just the way Guardiola is. His, it's We're going to play my style, and that's it. Right. Well, yeah, and he's unapologetic about it. My friend sent me an article about it this week, about how like the English media is like trying to tear him down. Um, but, yeah, he's unapologetic. He's This is this is me, and, and Cass, uh, Peter Schmeichel called him – arrogant you know like how do you not adapt to the Mm -hmm. way other teams play how do you just go out there and say my style is better and this is what i always complain about with him and Mourinho, and there's other managers like that it's it's they go out there and they say my style is better and i don't think wenger's like that i think wenger doesn't get enough credit for all the change he's actually brought to the premier league Mm -hmm. and all the adapting that he's done you don't stay at a club for 20 years without adapting no and you don't stay at a club that you you come in and you build it into a powerhouse, and then all of a sudden you have handcuffs placed on you because you you're buying a stadium, and you can't do anything, and and then now you've you've let it free now, and you get to go out there and buy Metzid Ozil and and Alexis Sanchez, so he's adapted, but Guardiola, uh, Mourinho, those are the kind of guys that just say we're gonna play my way and it's gonna work, and that's that's how you become a dinosaur very quickly. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing is too that Arsenal—they are very good with the ball. They—I could easily see. I, I don't think City's going to have a majority, well, the vast majority of the ball in this one. It might be like fifty-five, fifty, or it's something. It's something I don't think Sir Alex Ferguson gets enough credit for. I don't think Sir Alex. Fer- I think Sir Alex Ferguson always said he went into every game saying we're going to play my way, but he was wary of your threat also. Mm-hmm. So his strategy almost always was. How do we play to guard against your threat and shut it down while still being able to play our way? Yeah, exactly. So that, that I mean, that's the that's the key for Guardiola. He needs to start 
you know, we say the word adapt a lot, but yeah, he needs to adapt to the Premier League more than he has so far. And, you know, when when we've heard him talk too, when he's like, oh, well, you know, we're going to keep on keeping most of the ball and try to score more goals than the other team. It's like, okay, well, you might want to put some focus on defending. What defenders? Yeah. <laughs> True. You're without Fernand. You're without one of the Fernando brothers. You're without Ilkay Gundogan. It should be fun. Why don't I run over them? No, but it almost feels like he's hindering his defensemen too because it's like, John Stones, you have to play the ball out from the back. You can't put it in row Z if you need to. Well, dude, I mean, he spoke he spoke earlier and he pretty much he defended Bravo and he said, uh, you know, like, I don't really care if he if – he f- messes up with his hands or making saves or anything. He goes from until the day I die, I'm always going to believe that the attack starts with your goalkeeper. So, I mean, at this point it's like, why even put in a goalkeeper there? Like just put another (laughs) player in there and say, Hey, you're going to be the guy that starts my, you know, put Vincent company back there when he's fit and just say, Hey, you're just going to be the last defender there. You're allowed to use your hands by the way, but you're out there. So, you know, (laughs) to start the attacks you're out there because of your feet yeah it's uh, i mean it's weird uh city they have in the month month of december so far they have a loss against chelsea they have a loss against leicester city and then they took a two nothing win over watford here midweek it should be interesting yeah Sabal- i want to say Sabal- it's only a matter of time before the top four before that fourth place spot started heating up and mm-hmm. i knew manchester city would be involved in it yeah, Sabaleta and Silva got the goals for them in the win over Watford. And like we said earlier, Arsenal coming off 2-1 to loss to Everton. Um, what did you make of that game? Uh, I only saw the end of it because I was watching Leicester screw up my parlay. Mm-hmm. Uh, crazy ending. Yeah. Like that last minute was awesome. Yeah, that was uh, I don't know how Arsenal didn't score right at the end when, when they had like three shots cleared off the line. Yeah. I don't know how Everton didn't score when there was no goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was some good last-minute action there. Um, yeah, I mean... Son- again, this is, it's just, you know, we've been saying for a while, and I've been talking with my friends who are Arsenal fans, and it's like, we, you know, we're, we've been waiting for this performance to happen. Yeah. Everton, meanwhile, on Monday, they take on Liverpool at Goodison Park, Merseyside Derby. Always a big game in the city of Liverpool. Um, It's one of those games, as they like to say in America, when these two teams meet, you could throw out their records. Yes. Except the fact that Liverpool always win. <laughs> okay, give me the Liverpool are better and Liverpool are going to win again. Yeah, do you have the head to head on the the Merseyside Derby up and available? Uh, you keep talking, and I'll pull it up. Okay, well we can say that Liverpool took a three nothing win over Middlesbrough in their last game. Uh, two goals by Adam Lallana and one goal by Divock Origi. And I was pouring through the stats a little, and. Lalana, he has six assists. And as far as passes go, Jordan Henderson tops the league in passes. Can you guess how many passes he's made? Jordan, well, what's the like? Okay, I'm going to say it's in the thousand. 1,500? Almost. 1,437. But is that a lot? Like, what's a that lot? Is, what's that is that is almost 
400 passes more than second place in Golokante. But like how far, you know, like what's Jordan Anderson doing? Is he doing, is he doing like the skulls pass? Like, all right, for example, the other day I, I turned on one of those old United games. It was from 2006, I think. And the game just started out. United kicked the ball back. Ferdinand, hard pass to Vidic. Hard pass back to Ferdinand. Hard pass back to Vidic. Um, and then a, a quick pass to Scholes, who one touched it right back to Vidic. Like, so, you know, are those it's, – it, is it those kinds of, like, passes, like a three-yard pass? Or is he – you know, how many passes is he making that plays Lalana into space? Yeah, that's, uh, that's some stats I would like to see. In all competitions, that uh, there have been 226 Merseyside derbies. Liverpool have won 89 of them. Everton have won 66. Okay. So not as big of a difference as you Yeah, but I mean, if you... But look, can, can we look at the th- last three years? Right. Yeah, you got... Let's pull... Uh, let me try to pull that up. Mm-hmm. Because you have to remember in the 80s, like Liverpool and Everton were battling it out at the top of the league. Mm-hmm. So they were as good as, at each, as each other. Um. Yeah, I, I feel like it. You know, last three years would be. Let's pull it up. Uh, full list of results. Yeah, Liverpool right uh, now sitting in second place after that win over Middlesbrough. It looks like the last yes. time Everton won mm-hmm. was 2010. Okay. At Goodison Park. Okay. And they won in the – they won – and that was in the Premier League. They they won in 2009 in the fourth-round Cup FA Cup replay. They won 1-0 after extra time. So in the league, Everton have won twice since 2006. Hmm. And Liverpool have won 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 – Six, seven, eight, nine times, plus a tenth in the FA Cup semifinal. Okay. Mm, so a heavy, heavy advantage. So like I said, throw out the records, but Liverpool are going to win. Yeah. How do you – we got to talk a little bit about the goalkeeper situation at Liverpool. Uh, after, it sucks. <laughs> after a couple of shaky performances, Loris Karius was benched and Simone Mignolet came in. He held a clean sheet against Middlesbrough. Um, do you think they'll just keep on writing Minulite as he screw up and then Karius is back in? It was just interesting because like Gary Neville like criticized Karius and Jurgen Klopp went out to defend him and then he was like, yeah, like, oh, you can't say that. But yeah, you're right. I'm dropping him, yeah. which I found odd. That was odd. Uh, the yeah. defending, yes. The dropping, not a shocker at all. Well, no, it's, it's I mean, I mean, I can't, if you're gonna... If like you are under no obligation to hit back at Gary Neville, no. So, just don't. If you want to drop him, just don't. Then don't hit back at Gary Neville. But when you hit back at Gary Neville, and then you drop him, it's almost like saying like, "Yeah, no, you were right." And like, and now it, it makes your words sound hollow. Mm-hmm. I under I like I get it. You want to defend your player, but like if you're gonna hit back at Gary Neville to defend your player, then you have to start him in the next game. Totally agree, but Karius just not been up to up to snuff. Right. Yeah. So you, it's it's almost I don't know I don't know if you go to the like hey when you make you you can't go to the 
I'm going to play you until you make a mistake and then you're going to get dropped thing and the other guy's going to play until he makes a mistake because that's how you promote making more mistakes. Because mm. then the, 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 that's, that gets into a goalkeeper's head very quickly. Sir Ox Ferguson did that with Tim Howard and Roy Carroll and it, did, it doesn't work for anybody. And he, and he almost did it with De Gea and Anders Lindegaard. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work for anybody. It's, you don't have to commit to either one. You could go, all right, Mignolet, you're going to play the next two games, and then Carrie's going to come in for one, and then you're going to go in for one, then Carrie is for two, and you know you could do it that way. And yeah. then, and then if one of them really starts to to take the position, then you just roll with him. Mm-hmm. Well, I I just really feel like you don't have to worry about that happening with either of those guys because they're both terrible. Yeah, curious. I mean, it's it's tough coming over as a goalkeeper. It is. I mean, De Gea struggled in his early. De Gea struggled because he was like 120 pounds. Yeah. A strong gust of wind came and the guy fell over. <laughs> Do you feel like he's gained a lot of weight since moving to Manchester? Yeah, he's bulked up. Beefy. Yeah. Oh, he still looks scrawny, though. And that happens when you're that tall, I guess. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm assuming I haven't read if they're going to, if, if he's said anything yet, but it wouldn't shock me if Manuel was back in. Uh, it would be kind of weird to take him out after one game. And and the pressure, like a derby, yeah. even though it's a crappy Everton team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Everton, uh, prior to that win over Arsenal, I mean, their record pretty horrible. So much-needed win for them. They sit in eighth place, 23 points. Both teams not very good defensively, though, so we could see some goal in this one. Where is this game? Goodison Park. Oh, well, Liverpool can't defend away from home. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that, let's head into our scoring predictions. Uh, we won't have Elliott's in yet, unfortunately, so it is what it is, and we'll do ours. First out, Crystal Palace against Chelsea. I mean, Chelsea's going to... You know, I'm fairly certain they're going to win. It's just a matter of how many goals can they put in against Crystal Palace. And looking at their home record, Crystal Palace, they've conceded 12 goals. They've also scored 12 goals. But I'm going I'm, I'm to say 3 nothing Chelsea. Okay. You're looking into their record against teams that aren't Chelsea. True. 2 nothing Chelsea. And then we have Bob Bradley Swansea going up against Middlesbrough on the road. Mm, important game. Yeah, Swansea, very. It's a Swans- six-pointer. Yeah, Swansea could tie Middlesbrough on points. Middlesbrough are right above the drop zone. Um, although, no, I one-one draw. I, I, don't I was thinking that. Yeah, I, I was thinking that, but I'm gonna, I, I'm going to give them goals, so I'll go two two. Okay. Then we have that Stoke Leicester game. At the, what is it called now? Bet three six five Stadium or something? I'm going to call it the Britannia Stadium. Um, yeah, it's the it's the same thing as the Carlin Cup. <laughs> no, I'm not. corporate loyal or I'm brand loyal. <laughs> Carlin, the crappy stuff too. Um, I'm going 2-1. Okay. To, to Stoke. 
I'm mad at I'm mad at both these teams actually. Yeah. You know what? You're gonna one change one. it. Yeah. One. I was afraid of that. Okay. Well. No. Go F both of them. I'm gonna go Lester. Lester two one. All right. I'll give him that first away win. It's gotta come sooner or later, right? That's why I'm so stubborn in picking Burnley, but. <laughs> Not gonna have against Tottenham, that's for sure. But we'll get to that one later. Then we got Sunderland taking on Watford. Yeah, Sunderland at the bottom of the table. They got eleven points. Um, they, you know, two straight losses against Swansea and Chelsea. I mean, what's more worrying is that loss to Swansea, really, because losing one nothing at home to Chelsea, whatever, really. Um, Just make the pick. Uh, you know, gotta give people some information here. Watford, eleventh place, also losing a lot. Got three losses in the last five. One, no, two to one. Watford. I'm gonna go same score line to Sunderland okay. for the. For the purpose of being different. Okay. And your love for Jer- Jermaine Defoe. Has nothing to do with Jermaine Defoe. Uh, you... Sunderland's actually playing well recently, and West Ham and uh, Watford are not. And neither are West Ham. Yeah, West Ham, they take on Hull at the London Stadium. Uh, yeah, West Ham, they did get a 1 nothing win at home against Burnley. That's always something. Slofana, 1 0 win. They've broken that duck. Their fans get in the fights again. It's like the Olympic Stadium is their own. And they're yeah. playing Hull. Uh, so. Yeah, I was going to say Hull. I mean, they're so bad defensively. So I'll give them another goal, actually. 2-0 two, two West Ham. Then we move on to the Hawthorns. West Brom, which I'll be in against Manchester United. Hmm. I mean, this is easy. You're going to go 1-1, one, one, aren't you? Yeah, it's a combination of the West Brom rules and the Manchester United rules. It's like, what else do you want? Uh, I'll go 2 nothing United. I'll, I'm being optimistic here. Gonna I'm ride. doing my part. I'm yeah. doing my part. I know. The team I know. I'm going to ride that slot and train now while he's hot. Mourinho did say that he needs to find a game or two where he needs to rest. So it's actually good that he acknowledges that. Okay. I like. I, I did like how he said, "I'm going to rest my team. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna rest the team. I'm gonna rotate the squad during Christmas." And United tweeted like today said, "The boss is gonna rot- rotate the squad during Christmas. So who do you think's gonna start like tomorrow?" And it's like, "Well, tomorrow's not Christmas yet." Nope. So That's if I true. had to guess, I'd say the same guy. Yeah. As Wednesday, probably Lingard in for like Juan Mata because, or no, Lingard in for like Rooney. Hmm. But uh, if Jose needs to find, he does need to find a game for Zlatan to rest. And yeah. uh, Monday, December twenty sixth, they play Sunderland at home. Yeah. What's up Seems with that beard, though? Seems pretty ideal for who? Zlatan? No, Rooney. Oh yeah, he looks like a homeless dude. <laughs> He's trying to save it out so he can play Santa for his kids. I tweeted it out last against Chris, during the Crystal Palace game. Like, I just need Rooney to score that goal to make him United's all-time leading scorer, just so that, like, 
all like the United accounts and everything will like tweet like, "Oh, Rooney's our our new, next biggest scorer." Like, take a look at his ten best goals for United, and they'll be like, "Oh, nice! I get to watch these montages now." Mm. Yeah, everybody loves a good montage. Yeah, yeah. Bournemouth they play at home against Southampton. Um, Bournemouth took that one nothing win at home over Leicester, playing playing pretty well. I would say they got three wins in the last five. Southampton, though, their form, I mean, they don't get beat a lot, but two draws, two wins, and one loss. <sighs> this is a tough one, actually, for me. Um, but I got to go 2-1 two, two, Bournemouth. I'm on one now, Bournemouth. Then, one of the more hyped-up games of the weekend, Manchester City against Arsenal. Super Sunday. I'll get it out of the way now. I'm just yep. going to go 1-1. Both these teams suck in this game. You're welcome. <laughs> if You're welcome for now guaranteeing an entertaining game. There we go. I'll go... I'll go 2-1 Arsenal. There you go. Yeah. Put some pressure on Pep. Burnley and Tottenham. Yeah, Burnley, Tottenham. Um, Yeah, Burnley, horrible on the road. Tottenham, you know. Good at all. Could Tottenham hit five? That's the question. No. I say no. I say four. Four nil. Four one. Just be a little bit different. And then Merseyside Derby, Everton, Liverpool. Liverpool will win. It will be a high-scoring game. It will be a lot of fun. 4-2 4-2 Liverpool. Four, uh, not 4-2. 3-2. That's what I'm going. 3-2. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we'll have to we'll have to get on Elliot so he gets his picks in too. Yeah. Make sure that he doesn't sneak them in after the fact. Uh, we would notice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Good thing with timestamps on Google Docs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, that will do it for this week, as always. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, Twitter is a good medium to do that. I'm Seb Noren. Polly is PQuestellaWFAM. And Elliot is Keats Was Better. And make sure to give FanRag Sports a follow as well. Final thought, real quick, Polly. Oh, the Bruce Arena era. Off to a, as dreadful of a start as we could have even predicted. His first act as manager... Let's call DeMarcus Beasley out of retirement to come into camp in January in a move that's inexplainable and indefensible. Um, Because DeMarcus Beasley is not... I understand we don't have a left back right now, but DeMarcus Beasley is not the best left back that we have. So it's not like he's going to play in the March um, World Cup qualifier. Why put him on the field in the January friendlies that are not must-win games? because they're friendlies. Um, You can't say that you're getting reps for a guy because it's not like he's going to be out there with John Brooks or Jeff Cameron or any of the other players that would actually be on the field with him. Uh, Why not give the time? Obviously, you're playing these games in Los Angeles in front of what's probably going to be like 5,000 people, so it's not like you're getting a high-pressure situation, but why not let a a young kid go out there and just see how he does in in an America shirt? Mm -hmm. Um. Obviously, 
you know, if he just comes into camp and doesn't play, there's no limit on how many people can come into camp. So it's not like you're wasting a spot on him. But if you're Demarcus Beasley, why would you be going into why would you be cutting your offseason short to go into America camp when you're 34 years old? You've already retired from international football. Like, why would you be going back to camp to not play? Yeah. So it just it makes no sense. And if you're if you're calling him in, it's you obviously plan on using him, and there's just no point in that. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. My last thought is going to be on uh, Swedish defender Victor Nilsson Lindelöf, currently playing for. Benfica and uh, rumored to be on his way to a bigger club here. And one of the teams that has been in the mix there is Manchester United. And I really hope they get this kid because he's going to be a good one. And they'll need a central defender when Bailly goes away. Can't wait for on uh, African Cup of Nations. True. If Bailly doesn't, you know, if he ever gets fit again. True. True. (sighs) So, Uh, We'll talk to you again after the weekend. Until then, have a good one and goodbye. Thank you.